So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is part two of our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 24, featuring the houses and a little bit more, but we'll get into that very shortly. I am Matt, and joining me for this episode is my co-host, Quint. Hello. All right. This is it. Unless we, pro- it, it unless really we prolong is. this into eight episodes, one per house. No. <laughs> No, I don't think we should do that. We should. Um, we we could, but we're not going to. Yeah, we could, but we would lose a lot of listeners for, mm-hmm. you know, Shelby and That's Hunter. That's true. Yeah, good point. Lose, we could all blame it on Shelby and Hunter, though. I already am. I'm already, right. I've already taken right. that route. Yep. Mm, awesome. Throwing yeah. them right under the bus for things I've already said last episode. All right. Houses. Now, I did say in the last episode, it was super IP heavy. I mean, five, if you take, uh, well, Aliens and Predators is built from IPs, but, but that really does not distract from a very solid lineup of houses once we actually talk through them all. Mm, No, it doesn't. Um, In fact, you know, I looked at that and went, oh, you know, this is Quint. It's, I I like the originals. And so. It's going to be really easy to make my list this year, and it actually wasn't. Yeah, it was much much harder than I thought. Uh, simply because we are at the we are literally at the apex to me of the IP mm-hmm. uh, um, years, yeah. right? Yes, um, we were talking last episode about how how we had these. You know, we went from the the icon era to the IP era, and this is sort of the last bastion of the IP era. And I think this is the apex of it as well. I think we we. We hit full, um, yeah, it's just really good this year. Yeah, I mean, we had some clunkers along the way. We had some winners. Um, this, just looking at my notes real quick without without belaboring the intro too too much, but uh, like I know, um, well, for me, for me, is a miss. And, and, and like something like um, Resident Evil, that was an IP that was just not not for sure. me at all. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I. The Dallas Cooper house. That was sure. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to go through everyone, but we had some winners too. We had um, American Werewolf in London was also born from the IP area, which is yep. one of the highest regarded IPs by a lot of people. It's one of the highest regarded mazes, hands down, yeah, by a right, lot of people. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, our, one of our co hosts, Hunter, it, <laughs> right, it, it, yep. you know, it drew him into Halloween Horror Night. So he had never, sure. that was what, that was the, the the turning point for him to go to Halloween Horror Nights yeah. was yeah. Werewolf, you know American Werewolf in London. So so there's absolutely a bunch right. of IPs that not only were good but drew people that had never been to the event and never knew about the event or or understood what it was into the event for the first time and hooked them. Yeah. And I think 
that to me is is what the IP era really did was right. it, it solidified Halloween Horror Nights as a is the prominent the the award winning event that it is and it opened it up to so many other people yeah yeah in fact uh kind of my point of even starting to list the good and the bad is that it was uh, very roughly stating it was usually kind of split down the middle you had a good and you had a bad you had some good you had some bad this year there's only one i would just i would exile from this list and not care about again where the other four i'm happy to talk about so that's a huge uh that's a huge statistic having four out of the five that I'm really excited to talk about the other one. It's not bad. It just wasn't as strong as the other four. And and well, maybe it wasn't even that good really, honestly, but the other four, hell yeah, I'm ready to talk about those. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, um, I think, I I think this was a really strong year all around and I think we're going to, I'm actually glad we're wrapping up on this year. Oh, me too. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it's, it's, yeah, I love it. Um, and I love being at the event this year. Uh, it, it, yeah, solid wrap up. Now, I mean, it's up, I'll let you guide the way we want to go. But before we do, I'm going to mention that this is the the last year I think we were able to truly do the news as run of what we always did, with the exception of when you and Smitty came. I swapped. Uh, aliens versus predator we walked by it and saved it for last because i wanted to but when i first went and uh, subsequent nights i could do the news as run around the park when <laughs> Halloween taller horror nights 25 put the ninth house in that fucked everything up for the for, for the rest of the future <laughs> yeah pretty much um so i'm looking at this and i want to do the reverse of our run that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. It's up to you to lead this, and I'm I'm happy to go. Okay. Well, I mean, I think the reverse of our run is is going to, um, I think it's gonna it's gonna really present the event in in the way that we we want to. Okay. Uh, it, it starts high. It ends high. Uh, the lows are straight up in the middle, and uh, I, I yeah, I just think it's it's the right way to go. All right. So with that, it starts us with dust till dawn. Dust till dawn. All right. Let me pull my notes up from that. Okay. Soundstage 22. Oh, let's just, all right. They don't, you, they don't use this anymore. 22? Well, I mean. Oh, they do. There's really, no, there's really no anymore or this year. There's that whole set of yeah. soundstages that soundstages, soundstage. I haven't drank that much <laughs> on this episode yet, folks. Wait till the end. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, the soundstages, they kind of get shuffled like, like dominoes. You know, it's, you're, you're going to yeah. get X amount of soundstages. It isn't always going to be the same t- numbered ones, like the same exact yeah. ones year after year. It's, it's always been kind of a, 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 a mishmash of which ones they use. And that, Usually, it must have to do with what production schedules are actually happening inside those things. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, I, and I mean, these days, you know, th- there's a couple of sound stages they they now know to reserve for Halloween <laughs> right, Horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, but uh, yeah, well, yeah. Like um, this one, I, I don't recall recently talking about this Sunset Twenty Two. You know, I, I have never really noted which ones we're talking about uh and conversely hunter can tell you oh my god he is he's like he he's got this down he can almost tell you year time doorway of the sound stages that's that's one of the things i really liked about talking to him before even bringing him onto the show is is his um is his 
almost encyclopedic knowledge for those details, which is another uh, angle he's going to be bringing into the show. He he's he's got that covered. He and I'm sure it's going to play into what he does with this show in the future. Right, and as soon as he hears this, he's going to be you know texting me. You're a <laughs> yeah, that's just, <clears throat> that's just a Wednesday. Now, I was just going to say, now that's true on a, on, on any given right. Wednesday, but uh, this one time it'll be actually accurate. So, all right, let's get this like settled. And thank God we get the, the we finally get to say this. When we started using the term hothouse, I think it's, I, I think this, th- this isn't the first hothouse, not no. by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is the house that got us to start Coined using term. that term. Yes. Yes, this this house definitely coined that term. Right. Yes, I think so too. That's uh, in my notes from six years ago. Um, and, and I think it was multi. Th- there was a multifaceted reason for us coining this house that term, <laughs> and it was like, um, first of all, it is hot house. Right. I mean, oh my god, there are guys, girls that are scantily clad all the way through this maze that is that are just gorgeous, like straight up beautiful, and they're scantily clad and they're dancing and whatever, you know. And so it, it deserves the term hothouse. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, is we were, we were, uh, introducing Dave to the event. Yes. And so we, you know, we were trying to explain to him that there had been mazes of similar in previous years. And I think that's, that conversation is where we coined it the hothouse. Uh, and, and we have the blood house, the hothouse, the, you know, whatever, right, yeah. whorehouse sort of thing. But that, that was why we, we termed this or, where we came from that term was just explaining to Dave that, you know, every, every year they've got one, one maze that has a lot of really pretty women yep. and pretty guys and all that stuff in it. And yeah, this was it. Yeah. Yep. That, I'm, 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 I, I'm really happy to kind of remember that this is what that was because we have been using that term throughout the entire series. Yeah, we have. And the title, obviously, it's not even in title. It, it is an adaptation of the TV series, which is based after the Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez movie. And the first thing we do see, and in fact, the entire maze for really, really, in fact, I think you could argue the entire maze is set in this location. It's the famous bar, which yeah. Halloween Horror Nights has deemed the Twister Club. There seems to be a word missing from the TV show and movie, but that's, you know, I understand. <laughs> but the the coolest thing about this uh, well that's hard to, the coolest thing about the entry to this house because there's gonna be a lot of cool things they yeah. had the barker and it would have been so easy oh, God, to just yeah. do to just do a track that a guy lip sync to but this guy was mic'd. it's it's kind of like um for anyone that's never seen this picture but that has been to 29 picture janine in ghostbusters it's a yeah. very rare moment where you have a mic'd character introducing the house to you and this was what they did in from dust till dawn they had a barker barking you in about his his ladies there i don't even know i i'm afraid i'm gonna say the quote the movie too I, much but <laughs> yeah no i, I it just yeah yeah so from there that's just the that's just the, that, that was 10 minutes on just the facade basically the entrance so from in there we walk into the club and here's where i mean uh, the, here's where hot house is defined we have kind of like shadow dancing behind silk or sometimes even just plastic where you see you can see the woman or whoever's dancing behind there you, you can see the silhouette and then when you're least expecting it they'll pull apart the curtain and and hiss at you because they have the vampire teeth they're not really have any kind of 
vampire face in this room. We'll get to that later. But they do have the fangs, and they have that screech, the screech, the vampire screech that they used in the show. So yeah. great way to lock you in, then bam, just throw a distraction at you. And then the way you play with lighting on that, it always reminds me of a club in Caesar's Palace that I think is gone now called Shadows, where you can play with the light, and it would right. seem like the person is farther away than they really are. And that, so that way... It, you uh-huh. didn't see him coming because the, the the person never moved their position. They just were closer than you thought, and you weren't expecting this 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 face to jump out and hiss at you. Great, yep. great effect in that that room. Yeah, uh, and and there was I don't know about this room, but this this maze um, there was a lot of reds, like almost everything was was reds in these rooms, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it was that's very the color. That's a color palette I remember from this maze. It's they, just they, like a lot of red. They really hammered home the the um, bar in the middle of the desert theme throughout. Even if even if you were inside, it was very. I mean, they had like the the um, the desert, uh, like the the southwestern walls. You know, the the very bland brown, but they had red light, orange light, a little bit of yellow lighting. Really, there's only blues or greens to highlight something in particular, yeah. but the palette was yeah. very, very desert, very uh, very warming, like in a sense, which also kind of led to the anxiety of the house, which was cool. Great design. Yeah. And I didn't really yeah, realize I, until, I, I didn't really realize until reviewing my notes that it, that it pretty much only takes place in this club, which we're, as we go through, we're going to find out. So, Leaving the main club area, we went into the VIP room. <laughs> and in this case, the VIP was the, I don't know, very important pyres because it was scantily clad women with the full-on transformed vampire face feeding on the would-have-been-lap-danced, uh, like just yeah. getting eaten alive. Or, well, actually, I think they're pretty dead at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh. God, I, I, I love this maze. Yep. What I really did. What I really loved in this particular room is like not only were they feeding, but like in between bites they would actually be dancing over the bodies, which was yeah, creepy yet kind of cool in a Halloween horror kind of way. Otherwise, you know, on a normal day to day basis, maybe I'd see a doctor, but in this case it's all right. <laughs> it was creepy, but it was it was just so um Dust till Dawn, like I, I it's one of those things where where it's like the vampires are still like their jobs and they're good at their jobs yeah. and they doing their jobs and it's just a way to attract clients in to devour them but but still like this is what they do and they're they're just i i loved it it was so much fun it was fun yeah so we leave the vip room and we kind of go backstage into the like the actual it's not even really an office. It's just the back of the building. And we, we still have a vampire staff from the Twister. We've got a manager in a sports jacket with fangs attacking you. We got the bouncer. And the, it, it, we keep the theme going as we pass through this this transition part of the of the um, of the actual building proper. From there, we pass between some walls and we get into a darker dungeon type area, but we never get the feeling that we're actually leaving the building. We're just going into a hidden part of it. And of course, yeah. whenever you're into a uh, walking between walls and you have those slats and the broken pieces of slats, there's just endless room to play with lighting and play with character jumps, which of course is had in spades. And we get past that into a dungeon. 
a literal torture dungeon and we have vampires attacking and feeding all kinds of victims some still alive some bodies chained up on walls some piles of bones just it, we've actually we're getting like we're crossing from hot house to gore house although we kind of have that a full one later but we're getting a little bit of it here it's we got the foot in both worlds it in a is, sense. but but i mean this is uh you know this is a lot of of bdsm sort of vibe going to it the whole way through yeah yes you're right actually that's a better way to say it uh, i don't know any other uh, any better way to describe it is is it was it was very heavily bdsm featured but it was still like it was a dungeon room and this is basically where no customer will see this room unless they are not leaving alive. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes. Sort of thing. <laughs> that's, a, no, that's a great way to put uh, it. And the thing is, that doesn't really change it from any other room in this maze because as we see as we go, uh, no customer leaves alive. But <laughs> even still, these are the ones that are more depraved than usual. Yeah, right. I don't know why I laughed at that. Well, because it's funny. That's true. Yes. So from there, we go through another hallway and we go into kind of like the main performance room, I guess. It, it's it's a little different than the first room we're in. There's tables with cards all over them. There's spilled drinks. There's vampires eating people. But my personal favorite bit of this room is that they actually face cast the Gecko brothers, both of them, and they're jumping in and out of of these curtains, shooting at the vampires. I that was the last thing I was expecting is to have that specific set of characters in this, but they had them every damn yep. night, and they had triggers. They they weren't mic'd, but they had voice triggers, and that was so cool because I I I flat out said we're not getting the Gecko brothers. I mean, there's no reason yeah, we're just gonna have vampires and and hot dancers. But that was a great fun. detail to make sure they put in there. It was yeah, it was totally fun. And then from out of there, we get to the main dance stage, and there is there's the dancer, the the TV, or I should say, I guess the theme park version of the TV version of the movie, Selma Hayek version, middle of the stage, and all she's all all is such a such a weak word. All she's there is for a distraction, but my God, is that a distraction? While a couple of chainsaw wielding vampires are popping in and out of alcoves when you're clearly not looking at them. And then there were chainsaw, there were chainsaw wielding vampires in that room. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> really? Uh, 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 and um, well, I guess my distraction level was a little <laughs> higher than most because uh, I am not going to lie. That was that was the um, mm, that was a good room. Mm-hmm. And that was the last room, and uh, that's where we exit dust till dawn. Yeah, um, that was that was a. That was a good finale, shall we say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, good house. This is. I mean, this that, that's an IP. That was an IP. I I certainly didn't ask for. I when I when it came across, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool. You know, I that wasn't on a, my top five wish list. And then I went through it and went, oh, this is fun. I mean, it was just so fun. much fun. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The, the scares in that one were okay. Um, the, the mostly jump scares and mostly. Uh, you know, the, the, the shadow stuff and, and that, but oh my God, was it fun? Yeah. Like it was just a, it was a, in a celebration of, of, of hot people and gore. And I mean, they, you know, we always talk on the show when, when we talk about the hot houses, there's as many guys as girls in there. Oh yeah. This one might've been more weighted towards the women, uh, just because of the, the, uh, IP that they're, they're talking about. 
there was still a lot of, of beefcake, pardon me, beefcake in this room for the other gender to enjoy as well. Right. And, and just super fun. Yeah. Like if you didn't walk out of this understanding this event, how it's a party event that <laughs> yeah, loves horror right. and yeah. gore. I don't know who then, then you're in the wrong place. That's right? A, you're right. You're right. If, if you walk out of here, not having had fun in some way, I mean, honestly, right. in some way, then there's, there's, there's going to be nothing else for you. No. Cause, cause it was just like, yeah. Okay. Some of the TNA is over, over the top. Sure. Yeah. I happen to like that. You know, it's, it's not it for everybody. You know, a lot of people want more gore and horror, but, but this thing is, it's like, it epitomized the event. It's just, yeah. it's fun. It's sexy. It's party. It's just, we're going to have a good gory time tonight. Welcome to the event. It was awesome. Yep. Yes. Big surprise. That one was, and, and, and a very it pleasant was. one too. Exactly. Um, enjoyed it a ton. All right, uh, we, we're just stepping, you know, r- straight through mask, uh, Masquerade Unstitched into The Walking Dead, end of All the right. line. Okay, I am going to, uh, much like the, the Purge, I need to preface this entire... Well, we need to step back in time and, and remember that this was the second or third time we'd seen Walking Dead. Uh, and this particular property had not been beaten to death that's it that is still fresh it was still being watched very very avidly and people were really really into this particular property um nobody had any fatigue setting in yet nobody had any problems with walking dead coming back in fact the community at the time not just the people that that you know, or being advertised to the community at the time was very excited about this house coming back. Yeah. Uh, I remember going through chat rooms and, and things like that or chat rooms, so not really chat rooms, <laughs> but social media stuff um, where, where it was like, this was really, really people were excited about this, including the community, not just your everyday person. Right. Right. Uh, it, well, I mean, it is a third, it's a third, third one. So, third. so okay. when, when you, when you hit the third one, that opinion is going to start to be divided and it's, it's nowhere near divided when it hit 25. And honestly, it, when, what, what they did in 25, yeah, we'll, we'll, we've already talked about that, but yes, we're starting to get some rumblings of it, of it being too much, but the people that really liked 23, myself included are just coming off an entire, basically walking dead focused year because the whole scare zones were walking dead. So a, a happy return fatigue. This is, this is the start of, of the fatigue, but we're not full on fatigued yet, but that's true. You're right. I mean, this is the start of it, but this is also, um, what, what, what's the words I'm looking for? This is the precursor to a lot of these recurring, um, uh, properties that we've seen that we've, that people have really enjoyed, including, you know, the, uh, including the American horror story stuff, right? Like, yeah. like when, when people started wanting more American horror story after the first one and w- wanted more stranger things after the first one and yeah. all that stuff, this was the precursor yes. for that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my bottom line point is, is that people were still welcome, welcoming walking dead. It really takes, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it takes, it doesn't even start to, it's barely a bell curve in 25. I mean, it takes a freaking nosedive 
in 25. But people, I, I'm telling yeah. this because I want people to remember that it wasn't universally hated yet. So keep that in mind as I talk about this house. Right. In my notes, it starts off with that I said the house last year was too short and too few elements from the show. Putting my notes together again many years ago, it almost feels like they listened to me specifically, although I didn't actually record that until well after the year ended, because this is one of the longest IP at uh, to date IP houses, and every single place you turned was from the TV show. It was everywhere. Yeah. I was so happy. I was at the height of my Walking Dead fandom i still watch it i'm not near as a fan as i i was the year that was on in 2014 but i was a huge walking dead fan at this point and i was loving life every turn i made in this house i had just caught up to all of the walking dead stuff and everything that was that was going on walking dead and this was my first year to really experience the the or uh hhn walking dead currently um and, and I was, yeah, I was the same. It was like, I was super hyped to see this because it was like, oh, yes, I, these are the things I want to see. This yeah. is the stuff I want to see and blah, blah, blah. Man, it was, it, it lived up to my hype. Yeah. And it, it, it starts right off the bat with uh, an iconic scene from the show. It is, it is post the show, the final showdown with the governor. You're at the wreckage of the prison. Uh, they, they did the the kind of the smoldering effect. It's not full on fire, but it's the fire's not quite out. But it's it's it obviously happened a day or two ago. You see, if you really look, and you know the show, you see Herschel's head lying on the ground, which was just yep. a. I was not expecting that when that happened on that show. Still, am mad about it to this day. And there's another Easter egg. There's Michonne's sword propped up against the fence. Yep. Mm-hmm. But outside the prison wall, they had zombies that were stuck on the wooden stakes that they had made around to reinforce the fence. The watchtower, like I said, is, has been blown up and smoldering. And then the first place we enter is the jail cells post the battle, and it's in ruins. And the walkers are just, they've already, they've, they've breached the perimeter. They're in there. They're walking around. So it's the jail cells were kind of almost where we left off the year before, now overrun by walkers. And much, much better representation of that run of the series than I than the year before, as far as I was concerned. Uh, me too. Um, this, this, it, it really was to me the epitome of Walking Dead at HHN. This it was is where yep. they they hit the peak. This is. Yep. And I'm I'm actually kind of tapping my memory from the first run through. So I was like, okay, good start, good start. But you know, where's it going to go from here? Mm-hmm. The next room is where it's like they got it right. They finally got it right because the next area is the department store, where the helicopter yeah. crashed through and is hanging above our heads while walkers are all around the shelves and the store floor <laughs> and outside the glass doors trying to get in because of the noise it just made. When I saw that helicopter, when I turned the corner and looked up and saw the helicopter, I'm like, they got it right. They finally got yep. it right three years in. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. I, I think that every set piece, every um, scene that they used in this one was just outstanding. Yeah. Yep. 
So we make our way through the store, we turn the corner, and we get that now infamous charge of walkers on the cart that with the strobe light comes at you, which we will see for the next few years or coming at least the next two years as well. But it's a, it's a I don't know if it's the first time they used it, but it's a, uh, it's there. I don't think it's the first time yeah. actually. Now, not. now, but now it's, it's, it's kind of iconic. It's, sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. And it's overused, but at the time, it was still very effective. <laughs> now, from there, from the department store, we go outside, and this is probably the first time I, I've, we've always talked about going outside, inside, inside a soundstage or a, whatever, inside a structure. This is the, I think, probably the time that it, it fooled me the best. We're outside in the woods. And we've got about 30 plus walkers, but they're not all real. There's really only a handful of, of characters. The rest are dummies and trees. But the lighting, it's not quite constant strobe lighting. It's more like storm lightning strobe lighting, but just enough that yeah. you can see you're surrounded, but you, it's not constant enough uh, or, or it's not a, a ryth- rhythmic enough for you to identify which ones are real and which one are, one are, ones are fake, which really gives you the sense that there's way more actual moving walkers in there than there is. And, and this is, this is probably at, at, at the time. Now we've, we've topped it since then, but at the time, this is probably the, the best outside yet indoors scene that I've seen in Halloween Horror Nights at this point. Yeah. At this point it, it was, it was, um, they use a lot of, of what they learned here for things later, like ghost town and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When, when you had those outdoor scenes, um, this was one of the ones where they finally executed, you know, an outdoor scene where you inside a soundstage where you actually thought you were outside. Yeah. We move along from there and we see the railroad sign that Maggie had painted that says, Glenn, go to term- Terminus Maggie. And then that's where we actually, the, our next turn is in the Terminus. And we're greeted by the, I wrote the, I, and this is funny, the, like, I guess I didn't realize who it was at the time. I wrote the middle-aged woman cooking on the grill, who is Denise Crosby, who I should mm-hmm. know on site. But for some reason, I guess I didn't realize it was Denise Crosby at the time of the writing of these notes. So the Denise Crosby character from Terminus is there cooking meat and greeting you. Mm-hmm. And I do say meat. I don't specify an animal. <laughs> we know why. And, mm-hmm. and then from there, we start to get our run-ins with the Terminus gunmen who are shooting at our feet to force our path. From there, we walk into the very iconic candle floor room where there's like candles in a pattern on the floor, along the walls, on different shelves, and on along the walls in big black letters, it's written, uh, we first, never again, never trust. And then we leave that room, and now we're starting to be hunted by the Terminus residents. They jump out of the walls with knives and guns. We get, make our way out of there, and we go through one of those chain link fence mazes, which are always, I don't care where they are, what the theme is, always effective because you can never, when the lights are strobing and the chain link is, uh, when you can just, it's that's the only point of reference you have, you can never tell where there's a hole in that, that stuff. Right. And then there's, yeah. of course, there's walkers in there, and they're reaching out at you, and la- one last scare, and then that is the exit, is that chain link maze, and that is... I mean, again, I know, I know, I know. Say, even I've said "Walking Dead" with a groan at this point, but uh, I mean, at this point in time, but at going past the twenty-four, this is this is the Walking Dead, and it's it's absolutely um, 
it's a great maze. I, I don't want to use too big a word like fabulous or phenomenal, but it's really good. It's great. It is a great maze. I'll go as far as to say that. I think it's probably the strongest Walking Dead maze. That is, that is, there's no argument from me on there. That is definitely true. You know, I, I would say it's definitely the strongest Walking Dead maze. And um, as far as the Walking Dead fatigue, yeah, we, we, it happened. Yep. But uh, um, th- this basically fixed everything from the, uh, you know, uh, 23. Uh, the maze in 23, everybody had problems with. I, I think it was uni- universally somewhat weak, but this really, really fixed everything in HHN 23 and, and just gave people exactly what they wanted, which was scenes from the, the television show. And they chose some of the best scenes uh, that they could execute. Not some of the best scenes from the show. They chose some of the best scenes that they could freaking execute, mm-hmm. and they did a wonderful job on that. I thought. Um, obviously, they had to pick some from the jail scene, and the you know the whole Herschel head and all that stuff was awesome. It was really well done. But I th- thought they did a good job at choosing things that they could execute from the show because you know the show's got however many episodes per season, lots and lots of stuff to to pick from, and what they'd done previously was unfortunately picking things that they, uh, the execution wasn't quite (laughs) there this year. They were able to pick things where I think my, from what I see, they must've gone through and said, what can we, where are the good scenes that we can execute on? Like, like let's distill the good scenes and then let's distill the ones that we can execute on. And that's what they did. I think what the, you actually, you hit all the points uh, that I think is the was the problem with the first one, and what's right with this one, just in a, a, a really different way than I'm processing it. I think in 23 they wanted to do as many scenes as they could from the show, but they put it in a, one of the smallest venues possible, so each scene was mm-hmm. very it was never fully realized. They yeah. did the same thing with 24. It's like let's do as many scenes as uh, the the biggest scenes from this past season, but now they put it in a far bigger location so that you could have kind of a beginning, middle, and end to each each story point there was not enough yeah. room to do that in 23 i remember i remember the jail being like three cells and i was like wait the the fucking jail cell is the entire season at 23 how can you have three cells yeah. whereas this one was as a much longer storytelling opportunity so I, I i think they approached both the same way they just gave themselves a lot more room to work with in 24 yeah that's that, that's true um and and also like i said i uh in picking and choosing the scenes, they picked the tight corridors and they picked the, the, the cramped spaces and they picked the places where, uh, they could, you know, only three jail cells. That's great. That's fine. It, it feels cramped like the, the jail scene did. And it feels like even with the, the, um, the grocery store scene, you know, it, when you went through it, it felt tight and it felt uh, claustrophobic. And it, it, I just think they chose them really, really well. Yeah. And then they ruined everything by putting two zombies in hot tubs in 25. Did that exist? <laughs> that was, oh, yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was Walking Dead. And uh, and I don't think um, it's a far stretch to say that both of us were big fans of Walking Dead yeah. this year. Yep. Uh, um, which brings us to. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Alien versus Predator. <laughs> yep. AVP the maze. AVP. Uh, 
Yes. I'm uh, I'm going to let you start with this okay. and then it's, just just chime in cuz I'm already being a little wordy. So <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't say in the uh beginning like we usually do. Uh, I just realized that the event covers are Alien versus Predator, Michael Myers from Halloween and and Walkers on the front of uh That's true. Dead. I I did skip through that. I, I had it in my head i just didn't say it well no worries because i i I can now say that the avp cover is my all-time favorite event cover so yeah i mean this was when they announced this i mean i just this is this is as a (laughs) i haven't experienced this and again until rob zombie hellbilly deluxe it's like i don't care what they do just the fact that this exists i cannot wait and and it was it was I don't know when it was announced in the lineup of things, but it doesn't matter because it went to the top of my hype list. And if it wasn't the last thing they announced and it, it never left, it couldn't have left. I, this is the thing in Halloween hard nights. I wanted more than anything that I never knew. I wanted until they announced it. I completely agree <laughs> with this one. Uh, the thing with alien versus predator is like, I remember the game that came out in like 99 or 2000. Yeah, me too. Um, and and I played the crap out of that game, and especially <clears throat> we, me and one of my buddies played a lot of one on one in that game. And that game was was not designed for one on one. That game was designed to play be played by teams. Right. And one on one, he would always play Predator, and uh, you know I could always play Predator against him if I wanted to. But I always played Alien against him, and Predator was clearly the overpowered uh, uh, creature, especially one on one, where you could just oh. You know, as soon as you figure out what the other person is, you flip into that mode and you're you're basically the overpowered thing. Um, Predator could only be really taken down by somebody who if you teamed up against him, I would kick his ass all the time as an alien versus the Predator. <laughs> and it was just the most fun game I had at the time. And so this was huge on my hype list and not because of the movies and not yeah. because of any of that, just because the game. Well, Predator, the Predator the idea of the character and the, des- the design, it's one of my all time favorite aliens. I don't even say my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. It's just one of my all time favorite aliens. Just the look of him, the mask, the technology, the, the weaponry. It's, it's one of my, uh, all, like I just said five times in a row, basically it's my all time favorite alien designs. And I don't recall there being many reproductions of the predator costume that I've run into. Now, granted, I, I don't go to a lot of conventions. I don't go to a lot of places that have cosplay and that's probably where you would see it. So to have the opportunity to literally be face to face with a predator, I just could not fucking wait. And, and I'm, I agree with that sentiment with the exception. It's my second favorite because I think my favorite alien is actually the alien. Uh, The xenomorph. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, The xenomorph is one of my favorite creatures in all of sci-fi and in all of horror. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Geiger's work, Geiger's work. Oh yeah. Okay. And, uh, I I was a fan of his work before he actually became the guy who drew alien. Um, and and then when, when I, yeah, when I found out back way back when, when they did the first alien movie that he was the dude that, that was creating the monster, I'm like, this is going to be epic. This is going (laughs) to be off the charts. And it absolutely was. And that, creature and that the fact that it bleeds acid and that like even when it's bleeding it will kill you um just it, it was such a 
it was the first time that I'd experienced something truly alien as a thinking creature that was just, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it it obviously made its mark on me. So the, the, the alien for me, like the, the xenomorph was just unbelievable. I, I just, I've always loved that creature just for its design. It's the creativity in it. And it's just, the total uniqueness of that creature. Yeah, the xenomorph is terrifying because it is. It has one, one. It, it's it's a combination of instinctive and intelligent. It has one primary goal in life, and that's to kill everything. But it also can really take its time and figure out how to do it, which makes it that frightening. It's like not only is it going exactly. to kill you, it's going to figure out how to kill you, no matter what you do. And 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 it's designed to be not only really hard to kill and really hard to exterminate completely it's also designed to to just you know breed itself and 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 uh you know uh, propagate itself mm. so quickly that you can't really stop it it's also it's also designed to instill fear yes yeah <laughs> yeah you know like it it really is yep. It's just a, it's a creature of nightmares. So to start out this maze, we walk past a Wayland Corporation tank. It's parked outside a base. This I've heard this base is possibly on L5429. It doesn't need to be to me. This could be another location in this world. I don't, don't care. care. Yes, I really exactly. Don't care. I you don't know, care. It's just so cool. What I do care is, as I'm waiting in the conga line to get in that the, the three point triangle laser sight zips across the wall. And I was like, Oh mm-hmm. hell <laughs> they pulled out every detail in both these characters. And I cannot wait. And we enter this oblong hexagonal 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 thank you yes now the beer is kicking in folks just can't wait till we get the house (laughs) eight uh hallway with blue tinted overhead lights and some yellow spinning warning lights yellow and blue we had a discussion on swick about the color no it was it i think it was uh an episode with Smitty actually, cause he's been to film school. I'm not sure where it was somewhere in news as where color combinations induce different feelings. And the combination of yellows to oranges with blues and blue to greens are like unsettling by nature. So now having not known it when I wrote this, these notes now having learned that makes perfect sense why they would make that your first real immersion point into this house. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we get our first scare, which is a insanely detailed xenomorph puppet bursting through the wall. <laughs> the xenomorphs in this were amazing. Yep. Actually, let me rephrase this. The costumes in this were amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yes. Yeah. And the puppetry was amazing in this yep. in, in this entire maze. It was just brilliant. Yep. So we go through some door hanger some of those clear door hangers you know those the 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 plastic sheets that we always go through (laughs) and we're in a room with computer screens showing the research that we're doing that's on the left side on the right side there's some tanks holding some face huggers except one they're round cylindrical tanks but one shattered open the one that's left it seems like that the face hugger might be dead or in some kind of stasis but by the time you really take a deep look at it you find out it's a rod puppet as the puppeteer slams the thing at the glass right at your face which was a nice little touch that they didn't need to do but did not go unappreciated by this fan 
Nope, didn't go unappreciated <laughs> by me either. <laughs> so from there, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, so the, uh, I was just going to chime in here and see. This is the other thing about the xenomorph that makes uh, that makes it such a great creature is that the the different stages of its evolution and and its gestation periods are just. Oh my God! It goes from these creepy eggs to the face hugger yeah. to the ingest you know thing that's in is ingested and and is is uh, uh, uh whatever you want to call it and then bursting out of a chest ah, fuck this is a good creature <laughs> yeah. uh, so now we are walking into kind of like a medical slash research bay and on a bed or stretcher whatever you want to call it or a research slab there's a predator that's the first look we get at a predator in this and he has a hole in his chest and around that hole is just a smattering of that fluorescent green blood that they have. This is about the only, literally the only nod to any of the movies. And it's the final, I guess it's the final scene and the opening scene of both Alien versus Predator movies. But like I said, they did not follow that story at all. They just gave that nod yeah. to it. Yeah. And thank God. So <laughs> around the corner, I, I don't know. I have a soft spot for both of those movies. I, 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 they're, they're, they're bad. Don't get me wrong, but they're, they're watchable bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely watchable. I'll give you that to me. Yeah. In situations like we're in right now, I would watch them again. I haven't watched them since they were right. out, but I might, yeah, I, I, I don't, it's not a re, you know, it's not like infinitely rewatchable, but every, you know, 10 years, I give him a look, <laughs> yeah. just chuckle again and go, Oh, that's kind of a neat idea, but yeah. stupidly executed. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, out of that lab, we round the corner and now we run into the first, uh, Marine or guard. No, no, I'm sorry. We round that corner. Now we first, we run into the first, uh, I think he's a guard. He's either a guard or is a, is a research person. He's a, he's a human inside the lab and he comes out screaming because he has a face hugger attacking him i kind of remember him having a uniform so i think it was a guard because further down this corridor we get more face huggers on the left side of the window and now i think we get a lab person i think there's someone with a lab coat he jumps out and his half his face half his face is melted from the from the acid um in an encounter i'm not quite sure what happened i mean he might have tried to cut, cut it off himself and burn his face but meanwhile now in a kind of corridor you don't see because of all this chaos, we get our first predator and he does a charge at you much like the frightening charge that Frankenstein did in 22. And I could not be happier at this point in exactly. the house. <laughs> oh my God. This is good. Yep. Oh, moving on. We get into uh Bishop territory. We don't, it's not Bishop himself. It is not, um, Oh my God, I forgot his name. Lance Hendricks' name, but it is a dismembered android. Mm -hmm. And he's reporting on the status of the ship and the base. And basically, it's like there's a lot of techno babble and a lot of detail, but the one line you do hear, no matter where you are in this room, is no one will survive. Uh, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, with that set up, we just. The the uh, I, I just want to at this point in the maze, um, one of the things that struck me because we're what close to halfway through or or at least it, well into the maze is that the immersion in this house was so 
deep yeah. and so good that it just it didn't matter who was in front or behind you in the conga line that you you just felt like you were there. Oh yeah. Yes you did. Yep. And the intensity of the characters cuz we're going to um yes. we're going to run into another set of human characters very soon that really sold the immersion even more. It's not like it's not like they didn't already sell it but it's like let's ramp it up another notch with these guys which we're going to talk about here very shortly. So we round another corner, and now we get another xenomorph coming through the wall. From there, we kind of cross what feels like catwalks, but we're not really suspended in the air. What's below us, and we're talking like inches, not even feet below us, is just a countless number of alien eggs with the sound in about 12 dozen speakers <laughs> of the of the opening. We never see them open, yeah. but the sound is enough for us to make us insanely uneasy because we know that sound and we know what's going to happen. And that's the thing is like, I, I truly honestly believe that none of them actually open and they're no. just static, static eggs. I do but not I believe swear they did. to God. I saw <laughs> I know, right? Open, right? That, that's how good that, that uh, sound was where it's like swear to god out of the corner of my eye i saw one of them fucking open i'm like just it was that good yep i i, I have that memory too but i am pretty sure they didn't actually open but man oh, I'm, alive, I'm, I'm 100 like they sure they didn't. <laughs> it was just I'm, I'm just saying like that that's how good they they made the atmosphere and the sound and all that creepiness in this room they, they made it so that out of the corner of your eye you could swear one of those fuckers moved right yep Yep. So, and at the end of this catwalk, that's where we have the character I was alluding to just moments ago. We have a Marine and she is urging us to get the fuck out, which is actually, I like, and it wasn't, I'm ashamed it's taken me six years to um, think of this. That's a way better way to move your crowd through than having, instead of having an attendant there waving their hands going, come on, come on, come on, have this character create the sense of urgency and get you the hell out of there. Um, yeah, after last year, yeah. um, I, I hope they revisit this and, and learn that lesson too. Yeah, I mean, it's always um, it's not going to be practical for every house, but I would, I'd rather see that no. than have the guy constantly waving at me and trying to grab my Taking attention to pull experience. me. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's you know that's the thing is like I I understand uh, I understand everything, and I, I don't blame the actual attendance at all because they're they're doing no, their i don't either yeah but i agree that you know putting um putting those folks into character costumes and just having them be set dressing would be way more effective yep and and in many mazes it's easy in some of them it's not which is fine don't do it in some of them but in many mazes it would be easy to just have extra set dressing yes right that's true Oh, well, that's a discussion for another time for two other people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next area, we get into the webbed walls. This is kind of a, eh, I'm not going to say a staple of the series, but definitely of aliens. And there are, there's at least, there are people trapped in there. Some having already have their chests burst and the aliens escaped. Some that have yet to be uh, a victim of this. So they're screaming and pleading for help. And there's another Marine uh, telling you to get through. But this this one, um, this particular Marine, as he's shouting for you to come through, you there is a Xenomorph hand that comes up and grabs him and pulls him under 
whatever he's standing or he's peeking out from, I should say, because we only see half his body. So that was kind of cool. That wasn't yeah, expecting that. Any scene. Yep. Yeah. That's like the Borg that pulled the uh, Starfleet attendant off the off that platform in uh, the Star Trek encounter in Vegas. I wasn't ready for that. That was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next area. Now we're into predator territory. So we're starting to get a sense that it isn't really aliens versus predator throughout. It's like one side there's aliens and predators are taking over from the opposite side. Cause now we get a big presence of predators. And the first thing we have to do, which again, I'm grinning ear to ear is I am moving through bodies that have been skinned and hung from the ceiling, much like every predator movie that's ever happened. And when I finally push the final one out of my way, there's another predator rushing at us behind. Now he's behind a cage door, but I didn't see him before that. So I am just thrilled to death and scared to death at the same time. I loving this every second I go through this maze. Uh, can't argue that yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we turn a corner again and now there's another Marine and they're firing a gun at the Xenomorph. Now that we get gunfire, it's not just gunfire. It is that kind of like air enhanced gunshot machine sun sound that we got in aliens. I don't know how else to describe yeah. it, but it is the exact same sound effect, which is awesome. <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's basically hypersonic rounds is what you're talking about. Mm, and okay. it, it, it basically the um uh, the the bullets that are being fired break the sound barrier much earlier and oh, so what you hear okay. that kind of shriek before the crack right uh, and, and that's what you're hearing uh, that's the the sound that they used for all of the alien movies was that that hypersonic it's hard to do like modern munitions can't get it done you have to have giant freaking munitions to do. <laughs> anyway it, it's really hard to get it done but um, it does exist in real life. It doesn't exist in real life in, in handheld stuff, but that's the sound that you're hearing. And it's really cool. That is cool. I didn't realize that's what that came from. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So as they're firing at the Xenomorph, they're pointing to a crawl space for us to go through. And then we're not really crawling, we're not on hands and knees, but we're lowering down. And as we dug down and we're going through this last corridor, there is one last Xenomorph at pretty much eye level where everyone has to bend down that jumps out at you for one last scare. And I can't even imagine how many people left up and smashed the back of their heads on top of that, that crawl space. You mean other than me? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> God damn. And then from there, that leads us right out to the exit. And this is yeah. awesome. Awesome, awesome. I don't even know how many times I went through it. I honestly don't. It was so many. That corridor that you go through where there's uh, a predator on one side and oh, a xenomorph on the other, and, and then they, they tag team you. You're actually that confusing that just, with twenty with uh, Hollywood the next year because, oh, yes, one? yes, oh, because oh, that okay. both got me so goddamn good that I oh, barely remember God, the, rest, the, the next two rooms in that house. I know. Um, I thought they had that one in in mm. this maze as well, but nope, then maybe that was, not. Okay. That was Hollywood, yeah. Okay, I'm confusing it. Um, sorry, I'm good. old. My my memories get <laughs> get stirred. No, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because I love this so much that it was one of the big. I think the biggest factor of deciding to go to Hollywood the next year was the show, obviously. Right. But the thing yeah. that sold it is like I I. I really want to go is when they announced their, their return of their alien versus predator. I'm like, oh, I need to see this lie. again. What? Don't lie. You wanted to go to Jabba <laughs> I wanted to see this as the end in 3d. Yeah. 
And that was actually pretty good. Actually, it wasn't bad, yeah. You just really wanted to go to Jabberwockies. Yeah. I mean, can you blame me now that you've seen it? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, Alien versus Predator. Uh, just a quick wrap-up. That was oh god, everything I could have wanted and more. And, more, and yeah. then just, just yeah, the, they, they, it was off the hook. It really was. It was just one of those things where it's like, uh, it brought me onto the IP train harder than anything else did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that at all. Um, from there, we went to Dracula. Uh, all right. <laughs> when I said earlier, there's only one I had exiled. Oh, yeah. When I said there was, of blood. When I said I would exile one of them, it was, it was this one. This is, this is just not good. So yeah, let's get through this one. Soundstage 24B, and of course, this is based after and a promotion. What's that? I said it did not deserve that location. No, right? Yeah, this was based on and a promotion for the movie Dracula Untold, which I've never seen and very likely never will. I think this is oh. no, no. This was I say. I think this was the first precursor to Dark Universe, but or Dark, uh, yeah, Dark Universe. But it was a uh, Wolfman was before this, the Benicio del Toro one. Yeah, uh, they, yes. They wanted this to to try and kick off Dark Universe, and and they should have taken a hint from how well this did. Mm. This is a well, okay, that is true. But this is a trouble with having a preview house, and and the same thing happened the year we went to Hollywood. They did um, what was it, Crimson something? Uh, Crimson the, the, the Del Toro one, yeah, right? The um, Crimson Peak or Crimson, Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak. Yeah, Crimson Peak. When you're doing a preview house you can't show any plot twist in it because you're going to ruin the movie so when when we walk through this as we're going to right now this is a very nondescript house of any this could be anything it doesn't it it, there's nothing that screams this is this movie and that's because you can't give away the movie when it's not out yet and it's I, I'm glad they don't do it much anymore, if at all anymore, because it was always so lackluster because of the fact that they couldn't really do anything that was memorable from the movie. If you have a Guillermo del Toro movie that is, by all accounts, pretty good. I haven't seen that one because I got turned off by this maze. But if you have this brilliant director, Academy Award winning director now. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. That's that's created a movie, and he's helping you create a maze to sell his movie, and it doesn't work. You should stop doing that thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Because because that is that's just basically um, you, you've taken everything that you that could possibly work in that idea and failed. Yeah. So don't. So uh, hey, Quint. Yeah, I still haven't seen Shape of Water. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay. So we're in COVID lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are going to sit down and do a Netflix party thing, okay. whatever. You are going to watch that fucking movie. All right. Or if it's not on Netflix, I'm going to send we'll it to you. find a way to do it. You're going to yes. watch okay. that fucking movie, and we're going to, you're going to see this goddamn movie. <laughs> I know. I do need to it's see it. so good. That's what I understand. Seriously, I know, so good. I know. I know. I'll see it. I'll watch it. <clears throat> we'll do this during lockdown. All right. All right. Let's get this. Let's get this maze wrapped up here. So. We start with the outside of a castle. We, we It's a pretty decent facade. I mean, it is the castle entrance. 
we do kind of walk around the courtyard or in front of it, whatever you call it, and there's cauldrons full of skulls, there's shields, there's broken weaponry scattered all over the path of the castle. And from there, we move into the castle. And the first room is, is a statue room. And, of course, within their statues is a character dressed as a living statue, yeah. if, if not more it's than It's always one. a good room. It always is, you know. yep. Yeah. Yep. Moving on from there, we go through a hallway that is starts off with some of that vine-like rubber vine stuff in face, which kind of goes into some draperies, and that is our first run into this this particular version of Dracula. So we get a scare from him. We go through this now wooded wooden corridor, not wooded wooden corridor, and behind the door, one of his mid-transformed victims jumps out, begging for help. We move deeper into the castle, and now we're into some kind of uh, recent remnant of a recent fire. It's not really smolder. It's not smoldering as much as the Walking Dead description we use, but there is a little bit of a fire. This might be part of the movie. I really have no idea. And but in there, there are soldiers and old hags jumping all the way, all over from left to right. Now there is. One highlight to this, at least for me, and it was one of the triggered characters, when he'd activate his trigger, there would be a voice, usually from behind you, it says, shoot your arrows, and then we get the those air blasts, those really tight tube mm-hmm. air blasts of, of arrows whizzing by us, and then we'd see one of the soldiers have a kind of a spotlight on him, or a lit area, and we'd see about a half dozen arrows in his chest, and he stumbles back into the dark. Into the dark. That was a that was kind of a highlight. That whole sequence of the voice, the arrows, and then this character having been shot. If you got to see it, yeah, yeah, it was a good stunt for sure. Yep. So from and, and the yeah the the audio and I mean us being podcasters yeah. talking about audio is, right. is obviously important to us. Yeah, the audio um, part of that stunt was uh, critical to to the execution of it, and it was really well done. Yep. Uh, from there, we move into deeper into the castle, and we get more crazed soldiers, and then we finally get into the main room, which is, uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know if this is from the film, or if it's a part of the finale, or just maybe part of the really memorable scenic parts of this movie. It's a, it's kind of a, a technical, uh, or maybe it's even round. It's, it's a roundish room, maybe that's flattened walls. And there's flags draped all over, and that gives an opportunity for various different vampires to jump out at us. Uh, we leave that room. We go outside. We're still in the sound stage, but we're outside the castle, and we get our last encounter with the fully realized Dracula, and then we exit. And I did Thank not short my notes to uh, as any kind of commentary on this house or this film. It's really there's that little in it because, like I said, when they were doing these preview houses, what can you show that's not going to ruin the movie? I'm, I can't imagine the litany of uh, red tape they got to go through in these designs in order to not give away what the studio was, doesn't want to give away, which I think is actually the wrong way to approach this. I think you want to show yeah. show the highlights of the story to make you interested in the movie. This did the opposite effect. You just said Crimson Peak did the opposite effect to you. I, I think this is a reason we don't get these preview houses for, or haven't had them for a while at least. Mm. So the the benefit of of this house, a being this short, yeah, <laughs> um, and, and well, 
the benefit of this as being this short is that it gave Alien versus Predator more room for all of the prosthetics <laughs> and stuff that they needed. This is true. Um, yep. That is the only benefit to this house. Yep. I remember walking out of this going, huh. Oh, that was a house. Well, was that? <laughs> and then you told me that this is a preview for a movie. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that movie was coming. And um, that didn't help me. <laughs> Don't want to see Getting me hyped up for it. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> giggles and gore. And then, then this will tell you how much I dislike that maze. I'm moving on to giggles and gore. Uh, yes. To giggles and gore. Yes. This is before I knew you were. Is it chlorophobic? Is that mm-hmm. the term for it? I didn't know that. And no, then we, then no, we went I, in this I, house. I, I, we, yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, this is where you you found out that I was claustrophobic. Yes. So it's a clown theme. In fact, if you can't tell from the artwork of this house, the the uh, the the queue line artwork, the 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 stand that says how long the wait is, and and you're just not looking. <laughs> uh, and and of course, as every good Halloween Horror Nights fan will do, I expected jack to be in a return because that's what i want and i want what i want and if i don't get it i'm going to complain on the internet again <laughs> exactly yes now but of course i mean i i didn't there obviously not a jack year but it wouldn't surprise a jack is so ingrained in the event it wouldn't surprise me if there was a jack presence or if it was a jack themed right. house but it wasn't it was a um it was a clown reference but it was more of a factory it's like what if a factory was taken over or maybe even designed just for clowns to torture people. And that's all it was. It's, it's, I think somewhere along the line, there was a story of be- people being turned into these maniacal clowns. But when you got through the house, yes, that is yes, not what no, you the, saw. Well, uh, yeah, the whole point of this was that you enter a human and you, 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 you exit. Okay. A well, then that clown. makes sense. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what was happening. It's like you enter a human, a, a normal human, and you exit a maniacal clown. <laughs> and, and are you saying this, clowns can't be normal humans? Yes. <laughs> I, you you possibly could not have paused any more of an appropriate time for that answer. That was per- that was perfect timing, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I just um, and, and this is possibly the most terrifying maze I have ever gone through. Really? Yeah. Okay. I can see it being scarier than killer clowns. Cause that's more cartoony and it's meant to be, that's not a slight on the property. That's no, this is trying to turn thing. me yes. into a yes. fucking clown. <laughs> right. Oh, oh all right. Really? So fucking no. the first room we get into after we, we actually, it's a very impressive facade. I mean, we have got a definite factory brick, and steam and pipe look to this entryway, but then there's also this kind of clown whimsical, if not frightening touch to everything on top mm-hmm. of it. And then we get in, really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And we get into the first room and we have a clown doctor performing a, what I call a facelift on a young woman and he's halfway done. He's already removed a piece of skin over her right eye to put permanent dyed implant of clown makeup around that and he has just removed her natural skin on her left eye 
And that's where we find her screaming as he's trying to hold her down, which is a pretty intense start to this house. You think? (laughs) Almost right next to them, we pass a man that is strapped to a chair with wires, this this whole rigging, holding his eyes open as a Woody Woodpecker cartoon is being directly projected into his face, which I love. this was pretty cool because this this brings me right to the robot chicken thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it, which, which is directly de- derived from um, uh, the goddamn it the movie Orange Clockwork Orange. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork yep. Orange. Yeah. So so you know uh, pulling from from a Clockwork Orange is always a positive in, right. in my mind. I love that it's Woody Woodpecker because I think Universal right. owns just about everything or at least enough controlling rights that they can not do what they. Well, maybe they can do what they want to do with it, but they could put that in there. It's like, I don't think yeah. Walter Lance, as he's alive, would have allowed that, but it's been, it's he's, been he's been dead, I think, my entire lifetime, actually, and Universal mm-hmm. has such uh, a large uh, controlling share of Woody Woodpecker, they're able to put that on there. It would only been better for Steamboat Willie, just a shot at Disney. Ooh, <laughs> that would have been good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> So from there, we go into the next big room, and now we have this Harley Quinn slash Chance mashup almost, and she is in this like small corner of a room that is has all these colored chains in it that she's just dancing around in with a body strapped upside down, wrapped up in the chains, and she very happily digs in to his back and pulls out a bone that she is even more excited to show you as she is giggling insanely at what she just yanked out of this man's body. Yep. (laughs) Did you say next? Yep. All right. Well, from there, we go through a dark corridor that has some red and green flashing lights. They're not quite strobing. They're just kind of flashing, and we get more clown scares from the left and from the right. We go to another dark hallway, and now we just have a a black strobe light, and we get some s- kind of skeleton face painted clowns that are coming through the wall. So it's 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 a, a repeat gag, but with a different twist on it and different lighting. Now from there, we go, <laughs> we turn the corner, and we have another female clown in a magician's jacket. And she is very excitedly pulling the innards out of the abdomen of her, her victim. And she literally gives a enthusiastic ta-da at the end of this performance. Yep. Next, <laughs> next room. It is a bunch of gate. It, in, into the next area, we're kind of like, again, it's, it's, they give us the false feeling that we're on catwalks. Uh, they do some playing with the lights and some uh, fog, and they might even have some mirrors where we feel like we're elevated higher than we actually are. We haven't actually gone up at all. Uh, we go from those, that kind of little bit of twist and turns into the next room, which has this giant uh, kind of gate on it with a big button. Uh, box with the red button and there's a clown face painted around the surface of the button and there's a one of those shout out uh, talking bubbles that says do not press but when you do press it because you can't resist there's a loud buzz and the floor vibrates almost like kind of like that very fast intense electric vibrating that isn't really electric vibrating it gives a sense of that Uh, from there that was actually 
that was actually one of the the, the interactive uh, the first interactive things that I can remember yes. in mazes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Button. For you, um, that's for and, sure. Yep. Yeah, I, I, obviously there were other ones. Don't don't get me wrong, but yeah, this was the first one I actually remember being able to just you know hammer that button, figure out what it did, and and yeah, you you get the jolt on the floor. <laughs> Pretty cool. I I really liked it. Cool, nice. Hey, found a positive in this house. No. <laughs> Uh, from there, we make another corner and we see a clown in garage mechanic overalls and he's playing with a set of jumper cables that are attached to the wall. He's having as much fun applying them to himself as he is attempting to apply, apply on them on you. Uh, more dark corners, more dark clowns. And then we get to the finale. We have this, it's, it's this whimsical room just gone awry. We have happy music. We have colorful lights. We have lots of hanging fabrics with polka dots and bright colors and fun things. And we have these insanely hot, but yet psycho looking and blood covered clown girls and halter tops and skirts dancing around being evenly attractive and frightening at the same time. But then on the, for almost every one of them, there is the opposite. There is the fat, gruesome, scary clowns with the uh one of them had a bib that said free hugs that is just frightening as hell and then as you finally exit you have one last encounter with a chainsaw clown just for good measure and then it's it's over quinn they they were not hot they were clowns (laughs) okay i stand corrected this this yeah this almost made me poop my pants (laughs) got it, it um it was it was really nice that the exit was pretty close to a bathroom. <laughs> um, did not enjoy this uh, at all. Uh, yep, it sucked. Yeah, this was if if you are a um, fan of looking at the details, regardless of the subject matter. This was this not only this house but any house. This was in the disaster queue. This was always fun to go through. While the daylight was, uh, while there was still daylight, because there was no real ceiling on it, they kind of let the overhang of the disaster queue mm-hmm. be the ceiling. So if you went in when the lights, uh, the the sun was still up, you could catch every bit of detail without worrying yeah. about your eyes having to adjust. And I think Run was the same way in twenty five. Yeah. So yeah. I always liked this location. It's a shame it's gone now. And and it yeah, is. I mean they just can't really do anything with it because they totally redesigned that area with with uh, Fast and Furious now. I, and and let's be honest. I mean, chlorophobic aside, this was really really good, mate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it worked on me way way better than it worked on anyone else because I was scared shitless through this entire fucking thing. <laughs> um, I mean, you want to bring nasty clowns to life? Uh, this did it, and, and I mean, just clowns alone fucking creeped me out. These guys just <sighs> yeah. I I when I exited that maze, I was happy to be leaving and very happy to be leaving and also <laughs> just uh, i did appreciate how fucking creepy this whole thing was yeah it's <laughs> this was it's funny i actually had this traded with what i thought i'd like one over the other and we'll get to that we haven't hit that house yet and it's another original so it kind of narrows it down you can probably figure it out hmm. i wasn't expecting so much from this one i was expecting a lot more from the other and it ends up being the reverse by the first run through now subsequent run throughs of the entire season they're kind of an even keel but the first night i was like oh i like this more than i thought i would so that was kind of well, it's always fun when that happens 
this one also is probably heavily weighted because you walked th- through behind me on the first time <laughs> yeah. when I went through it the first time. And, and yeah, this, this, this house is, Hmm. Yeah. Anytime I go through a clown house, I'm, I have to steal myself to go through clown houses. And then this one was just, I, mm, yeah. I knew I didn't like clowns, but I really didn't understand how much I didn't like clowns till this. Wow. Okay. Like, That's like crazy. this was just like, it was just, well, I mean, I knew I didn't like clowns. Yeah, right? I know. Right, yeah. Agoraphobia is like, just fuck clowns, like whatever. But then I went through this and I was just like, I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. All right. That takes us way, way, way down the park. Past Bill and Ted, past oh, Black yeah, it was it open. <laughs> hey, way down to um. Well, probably need a twisted tater at this point. So we ate one. <laughs> That's there's no doubt there, and probably had a beer because wow. we drank one. <laughs> there really wasn't a time that um, the only time we didn't have a beer, especially taking Smitty for his first time, was when we were in a house because oh, yeah. he had to finish them before yeah, he went that, in. Yeah. And this was back when the uh, the the event drinks. To me, this was back when the event drinks were still good. Yeah, and you could order an extra shot of vodka to pour oh, into them. Yeah, it, Jesus, I forgot that that feels so long ago. But it, it was does, only twenty six. I think that was the last time we could do it. It's so only two more years. But yeah. man, that does feel long ago. Yeah. So we were drinking basically energy drinks plus vodka plus vodka, and uh, so yeah, we we most likely had a twisted tighter <laughs> and a double double energy drink and vodka before we went into halloween halloween oh man this is this is and we 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 kind of opened the show with this is like the ips are starting to really get dialed in and halloween is is as big of a example of the this the current season of 2014 of walking dead was as a classic film that almost everybody knows it's going to go to this event. Halloween was dialed in. I mean, this was uh, starting with the facade, which is a ridiculous reproduction of the house combined with a projection that would sometimes be the siding of the house. And then it would, you know, kind of pause there for a minute or two. And then it would go into its loop of the Halloween logo and the music and some, some scary scenes, not necessarily from the movie, but just to set the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Beautiful freaking facade. This facade was amazing, and especially since this is in a sprung tent, right? And I mean, it's in the Men in Black sprung tent, which, you know, we, we've had discussions about how it's kind of a, a weak uh, venue, or it can be a weak venue. Um, well, it's not, but, the men, it's not the Men in Black sprung tent. It's one of the two sprung tents, because the Men in Black tent didn't exist until... Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind that. Seven or 28, till Blumhouse, till the first Blumhouse. Yeah, no problem. But you can still say the um, same thing with the sprung tent, though. So this one, one of the ones that was in a sprung tent and, and in the sprung tents, we've, you know, we talked on the show how the sprung tents can be smaller, tighter, uh, less as mazes go, you know, um, just, they don't have as much to work with and, and they don't have as much, this kind of blew that out of the water. We hadn't had Uh, luck with you and I going together. I mean, I I might, I can't speak for the entire run and I'm not going to cite instances specifically, but I do know that Mm -hmm. since you and I had been going together, we hadn't had a lot of hits in sprung tents yet. Yeah. The only one that I remember uh, in a sprung tent that I, that I liked, and it wasn't even that strong of a maze was the Edgar Allan Poe one. Oh yeah. And, um, 
just because the Edgar Allan Poe is is one of my favorite reading materials. Uh, the guy was insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just, I, I, you know, I really love reading insanity that way. Um, and so I enjoyed that one, but still wasn't a strong maze. No, this no. Changed our opinion, uh, at least my opinion, of sprung tents and what they could do uh, in a big way. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree. Um, and the facade was the start. Like you said, the facade was the start. So we enter the house and the first thing that we see, we get into kind of the, the entryway, there's the stairwell, there's blood oh, yeah. on the banister, there's a dead body there. And we have a, a child in a creepy clown costume, which of course is the early version of Michael to set the entire story in motion. And this child does pop out to well uh yeah i guess pops out to the halloween music the halloween music that it's not even the halloween music it's the cue it's that that high pitch my voice can't hit those notes but i think everyone knows this music i'm talking about having someone leap out at you with that sound on top of it is just makes it exponentially more startling yes so from that room, we actually make a turn, and the first corner of that turn, we get the first full-fledged, full-bodied, blue jumpsuit, Shatner-masked Michael Myers, and it ain't going to be the last. <laughs> no, no. This, this, uh, if there's one thing that this maze did not lack, it was the, the monster, Michael Myers' mon- <laughs> yep. monster. Yep. So we're actually, we start inside but we're outside again outside in air quotes pretty quick we're, we're not in the house very long to start off the bat we kind of scale along a fence we take a, a turn and as we take a turn there's another michael myers and then we go into a garage and this i was not expecting i don't know why i wasn't expecting this i guess because i didn't i've never saw the cast change on this which is probably for the benefit and i didn't know how they did the cast change but there's a car in the garage and as you pass the garage, the first thing you hear is that is someone like laying on the horn, not a beep, but just laying on the horn. Then the light turns on, and inside there's a woman being strangled by Michael Myers. I was, and she's in the front seat; he's in the back. Did not expect that. I don't know why I didn't expect it, but because you know they can just do about anything when it comes to these houses. But uh, I wasn't ready for it, and I thought that was like just the coolest thing. My first run through this house. Yeah, that was a great detail touch. Yep. So from there, we go into the kitchen, and we see Michael Myers is actually killing someone on the opposite side of the room, so we don't actually have an interaction with him, although he does turn and and wield his knife towards us, but we actually see him in the midst of a kill. Well, we just saw him in the car, actually, now that I think about it, but this is our first uh, with nothing in between him and us. So we go into the bedroom, the infamous bedroom, where we find his first victim from when he was a child, Judith Myers, on the bed, dead, and... As we're distracted by her, Michael Myers jumps out of the closet again, wielding his knife. Now, I did want to note that the beloved, our beloved daughter, Judith Myers' tombstone is above the bed, like in the movie. But for some reason, it seems to be twice as big. It's like this tombstone would never be on anyone's grave. It is so fucking big. I guess they wanted <laughs> to make sure you saw it. I I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't feel out of place. But it's, it was just, but it was really big. It's one of those things where when you see it, 
on your first run, maybe even to my second and third run, I didn't think much about it. But the more I would take in on subsequent runs, runs, I'm like, damn, that's a big fucking tombstone. You know, it's like it wasn't right away, but eventually I, I went, that's pretty fucking big. So from the bedroom, we pass through another hallway and we get at least one Michael Myers along the way. It might have been more, but I, I just recall one. And then we go into a room. This is the room. The room. This is the room everyone remembers from this house. This is the room where there's a constant strobe light and there's got to be at least 12 Michael Myers. Maybe more. Maybe less, but the strobe light is making it feel like more. It's just that circle and almost maze of Michael Myers mannequins with only like two I was going to say two or three, but I don't think it's more than two actual characters mixed in to jump out at you. Great freaking room. This is the this is the room everyone talks about when when they revisit this house, I think. I agree. Um, this was really, really well done. And it was it was the thing where it was like uh, you know, one of the things that everybody talks about this maze is like it's like you the thing they did right was that there was no lack for Michael Myers in this maze. You know, they could have made this psychologically scary and, and done a very slow, deep maze and had a few pop-up scares and things like they just went balls deep and you got Michael Myers everywhere. Yeah. It was, oh yeah. It's like yeah. you're and either they had, they had, it seems like they had a choice to make. We'll use them as much as in a movie or we'll just, overuse him and not uh, overuse him isn't the right word but we'll just use him to as, as much as we possibly can and when you go to a halloween house what do you want to see do you want to see michael myers or you do want to just barely see michael myers so that was the no, right you want to see michael myers yeah exactly yeah i i thought I, um yeah great choice in my opinion and yeah. pretty much everyone else's too i think this, so. this room is, is talked about like a lot <laughs> it is yeah so from there, we get the finale of the movie room, and it's the bedroom, and it's where Dr. Loomis shoots Michael Myers from across the room, and there is a voice trigger. It's not my favorite one. My favorite one is from two. I shot him six times. Yes. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> or, yeah, no, or the number differs depending on what movie you watch. But uh, yeah. but the funny part about this, my, my, my biggest memory of this room is that one run through, at least one, maybe more, but one that I remember. The Dr. Loomis was not bald. He had a full head of hair, which is even more off-putting considering you have the the actual line from the movie. It's like, well, huh? <laughs> it was awesome, though. That's, I love it. That's funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. that must have been a stand-in, like, uh, you know, uh, a called-in sick or whatever right. yep. character day, and, and you just caught that one dude that had a full header. Oh, that's yep. awesome. It's either fire crew or it was the night where the creative team gets to pick the role they want and and do oh, it. That could it, be. it it's one of the two for sure um and then you're outside and you're seemingly safe and <laughs> at this point i now remember in our hhn history that of all the things we told smitty about this event we neglected <laughs> to tell him about the stinger scares that's right oh my <laughs> God, and the three oh, of us gone completely about this. And I think the three of us are walking. I think it's from left to right. I think it's me, then you in the middle, and Smitty on the right. And when when we make oh. that turn past the fence, and that Michael Myers and that that plays, Dave jumped the fuck out of his skin. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> did he ever? Yep. Oh shit! I had never. I I've never. I. I 
I can't believe now that that mem- that you've triggered that memory. I can't believe that that I don't remember that like immediately. I know, every right? Time because <laughs> it's just it's so vivid that he that was the I think that was the the impact point of of this because in the way that we went back then, this was the third maze he'd gone through. And I think that was the real impact point of Halloween Horror Nights for him was like, he, he'd gone through three pretty damn good, good mazes. And then he got this right after this one. And it was just like, uh, he was in. Let's see. It would have been very likely the third, but it was a long yeah. fucking walk. So we probably stopped for yeah. drinks and food. So the lights, the sun was probably finally uh-huh. down. This is probably his first full night maze. Yep. yep. So which and, makes and, it yeah, even better. Yeah. And him coming out of there yep. and, and just getting this stinger scare was just, and, and the thing is the stinger scare came at him. Yes. And I mean, you and I both jumped a bit, yeah. but he was just like, I, I mean, I didn't know he could jump that high standing. <laughs> just holy crap dude um yeah was I, I was i would not <laughs> be surprised if a little bit of pee came out of him yeah that was a great experience it was that good yep. yeah yeah and it, and i mean that's one of the great things about taking people to halloween horror nights is you tell them a bunch but you really don't tell them everything no no and you don't want to, you don't want you, to, it just doesn't occur to you. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's hard to hit everything too. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean it was, uh, it, it was kind of like when I took Raul to Halloween. Night. <laughs> we, tell him we told him nothing. <laughs> we told him nothing. Yes. No, was no, great. he was expecting rides yeah. and he was expecting, and he had no idea. And that worked out pretty well. It did. For yes. Us. <laughs> Oh, on to Dollhouse of the Dam. Dollhouse of the Dam. So this is the one I was just talking about where Dollhouse of the Dam was higher on my list than Giggles and Gore. But I walked out of Giggles and Gore liking that more than Dollhouse of the Dam. But I will say, spoiler, sort of, kind of, I I put them on the same level by the time we're done. Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm starting to pick up on where your, your, your conundrum is there. For me, um... When when we went to this one, I knew nothing about it. Obviously, this is only my my third year going, and I was kind of like mm, a dollhouse thing. All right, whatever. You know, I read the the whole shtick, and and we talked about the story a little bit when we were in line, but it, there wasn't much we were talking about. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, did not expect what we were gotten, what we got. Yeah, um, my expectations were completely different than what we got, and I think it had to do with the marketing material. I'm trying to find it now. I can't. Oh, there it is. That is it. Yes, it is the, absolutely the uh, marketing material because the marketing material, the graphic they use for it, is all the heads of porcelain dolls. So I was expecting this to be this creepy fucking porcelain doll themed thing, which those things are creepy right. as they are they already. And if you horrify them, they're exponentially worse. Yes, but that's not what it was. No, well, it partly was, but yeah, 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 yeah. We had it's had it had its moments, but let's get into the house. So we'll start with the facade. the The facade is kind of like a um a crazy house from the very old amusement park days with slanted walls and weird peak ceilings, and it used the entire or I shouldn't say well the entire 
chroma depth spectrum is the entire spectrum, but it used the strong points of the, of the spectrum, the red, the greens, and blues, but this was not a 3D house. And it's not a case where it like, was supposed to be a 3D house, but they decided not to do it because when you walk inside there, there's no evidence of this having going to have been a chroma depth 3D house. But what is there is when you get closer to the house, there are holes in the siding and they're filled with doll parts. There's two mannequin torsos wrapped in Christmas lights on either side of the door for some reason. And then there's there's literal giant baby bottles. Like like we're talking like two liter bottle size bottles, but they're baby bottles hanging from the roof of what would be the porch, but there's no lights in it. Very odd setting that you're walking into right off the bat. Yeah, you, you immediately it's like you're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. You know, like like it, this is not what you were you were going to expect at all. Like like straight up, prepare to be freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, that's the vibe I got. Anyway, oh yeah, I would say that's a fair um, assessment for sure. Description. That's what I'm looking for. So now we get into the house, and we should mention it's in Sprung Tent 1. It's the other Sprung Tent house. First room, just piles of dolls, of rag dolls, basically, with kind of a raggedy and the motif to almost all of them. So much to the point that we do get a raggedy and character that's hiding in the wall within all these dolls. And that's a pretty effective scare because she's, well, camouflaged. There's pretty much nothing but yeah. cloth and yarn everywhere. And boom, there she is. Uh, yeah, I agree. Oh. From there, we start walking through an area where there's toy dolls all over the walls. This is where the porcelain, uh, the, I, I should say, maybe this is where I confuse porcelain with the, the baby doll, the plastic baby dolls, because now they're the flesh tone toy dolls rather than the porcelain dolls. Maybe yep. that's the motif they're going for. And since it's more of a, it's not really a black and white. It's more of like a sepia tone thing, which I consider black and white. I thought they were porcelain dolls. So now, okay, I guess we're matching what the selling, the marketing point was supposed to be. Now in the next room, this will haunt me for the rest of my life. And that's the crib room. This is the oh, one yeah. with the huge cribs and the grown man sized bodies, but yet even bigger, giant headed inhuman evil baby heads Screaming and and screaming and crying and banging their bottles on the and rattles on the fucking crib and then there's a high chair at the end with one of them. This was fucking awesomely disturbing. Oh yeah, this was amazingly disturbing. <laughs> yeah. um, like I don't if if any grown adult walks through this room and isn't disturbed by it, they should be locked up just <laughs> on precaution. I agree. Uh, 100% it was agree. that it was that weird right like yeah. it was just uh it was so out there and you, you just with all the banging and the rattling and all that stuff you couldn't not be creeped out no no yeah it, it, wonderfully executed <laughs> uh out of that room another hallway with more toys on the wall and in the next room we have a girl playing doctor with real blades on a not so alive boy probably the neighbor boy and, mm -hmm. and then we get a skinless skull-faced man baby in scrubs that jumps out of the shadows after we pass her. I, I don't know what's going on in this house, but it's fucking effective. Don't try to, to have me retell you the story they're telling because I don't know what it is. It's just creep after creep after creep. 
Yep. <laughs> That's the best way to answer that. Uh, yep. Uh, from there, now I got, we're in. I got nothing else, I know, man. I, I just. <laughs> so outside of that, or I should say getting out of that room, now we're into the stuffed animal room, which you know at this point you're going to have a stuffed animal. And it's not just yeah. stuffed animals. It is the heads of stuffed animals mounted on the wall like trophy prizes. And then uh, we get um, so we get a stuffed lion man, I guess. Yeah. A furry. It's a furry, I guess, when you really think about it. With bloody teeth, <laughs> jumps out with his gun, like a, I think it's a, a, a blunderbuss, <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, it just keeps getting yeah, more chaotic, I mean, everyone. I don't think it's a furry as much as it is a stuffed toy, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's better, yeah. But it's the whole thing, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, the, the, the rest of the toys have had enough. The dolls need to go. Yeah. That's right. how I read that one. That's, uh, that makes more sense. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Into the puppet room, which there's uh, ventriloquist puppets. So fuck you. Just, That's all I'm going to say on that. Oh, yeah. It was awesome <laughs> watching Matt in this one. This is, uh, this is one of the high, I never knew. So Matt we learned a lot, a lot about, about each other this year. Each other this, this year because. He didn't know I was a chlorophobe, and I didn't know how much he did not like ventriloquist dummies. Uh, this is great. Yeah. Uh, the the, high, the uh, I'm not going to say, what's the, the the boss of this room? I don't know what you'd say. The main feature of this room, <laughs> we had a big marionette toy soldier puppet, who, of course, was not held back by any string. So he would take nope. a lunge at you here and there. And then we go into the attic, and there is a pile of stuffed animals and probably the most well-hidden character of the year within the, he oh, yeah. is the pile basically is what it comes down to. This was an amazing room. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's not the top room of the year, but it, it's in, con- it would have been in contention were it not for a, another <laughs> thing that we'll be talking about yeah. later. Um, but this, this was a great, this attic was so creepy this it just felt like the you know that the refuse of the toys and all this stuff was just like oh yeah they're up in the dusty attic and all this stuff i loved the the aesthetic of this room the creep of this room and just the feeling that you got walking through it yeah it was it was creepy and it leads him into a um as creepy room well in a different way then we get into the music box room and this has the whole music box ballerina theme uh, one is choking to death in the corner. Another one is attacking you with a knife. And then the piece de resistance of this room is there's a giant music box spindle with the whole, the, the bars, the pieces of metal that it hits, make the noise. But instead of having just little points on the end of the cylinder, they're severed hands that yeah. are spinning on this and making the music. It's, it is a great prop. It was so cool. Yeah. And then we get to the final room. This is another doll. This is the doll room. And this has human-sized dolls of all type. And then the, the, the last doll we do see, this is what I thought the entire thing was going to be. The last thing we see is a creepy-as-fuck porcelain doll to pretty much haunt your dreams as you leave. Yep. For the rest of your <laughs> yeah. God-given life. It just, oh, man. This was fun. It was. It was. I, yep. I threw this one like like this one going into this. This was just like yeah, whatever. Let's go through this this maze and we'll get to the other good stuff. Holy fuck no! This was <laughs> I I I you know I, I 
freely admit that I did not give this the the time of day that I should have. I dismissed it uh, out of hand, and I should not have because this was creepy. Yeah, it was uh, stupid. I went into it with one expectation, and it didn't match it. I'm not going to say it didn't meet it. It didn't match it, so I was like, oh. Okay, I'll have to give that a, another try. It, it didn't take long. It took more than the initial run for me to actually really enjoy this house. And in the end, I did really enjoy this house. There's there's an insane amount of creativity that because it wasn't what I was uh, looking to uh, to find, it threw me off guard the first time. And then when I got past that and was able to take a look at everything, oh hell yeah, okay, this is this is this is insanely creative, and this is actually kind of fucking creepy. Yeah, this was the creepy paper of the event. <laughs> yep. Uh, this was, yeah, it was super good. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to round out the event yes. with Roanoke. Oh, my Colony. God. Let's just call it the all-timer uh, it is right off the bat. Yeah, no, this is there was a reason that I wanted to do this order and and it very strongly was because I wanted to end on this maze. I wanted to end not only this year, not only this event, but also our our coverage of the history of of HHN uh, 1 to 24 with this maze. What's great about this, other than it being just an awesome maze and a very memorable one, and one we've actually talked about through the entire run of our show, this is also Smitty's very first maze. Can you? It is. Can you imagine <laughs> this being your first Halloween Horror Nights maze? I can actually. I <laughs> went through Saws and Steam. Saws and first. Steam. You did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I agree that this is this is better than going through Saws and Steam first. Uh yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I I mean, uh, not spoiler alert. This <laughs> is one of the top rated mazes in my entire HHN history. This is this is right up there. Yeah, with with the, some of the best mazes I've ever gone through in HHN. And it's a parade building house, which is pretty amazing. Yep, because they're typically it, one of the shorter houses, longest yep. walks, uh, shortest houses. <laughs> True that. Yep. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. We'll, we'll, we'll praise it later. Okay. So Roanoke cannibal colony, and it's based on a true story of a colony in Roanoke found abandoned in 1587. According to Halloween Horror Night stories, you will have people that like to point out that it's appears to be 1590 was actually discovered abandoned. I don't know. I don't, well, I care for the people so, that disappeared, so. but I don't care. That I don't quibble <laughs> over three years. So the whole Roanoke thing is, uh, uh, it, it, it's a perfect storm of clusterfuck that, that just ended up being, um, overblown as to what sort of happened with it. Okay. Um, and, and so if we really want to get into the real story of it, we can do that in a different podcast, yeah, no, it but it's fine, <laughs> the, but the, le- the urban legend about it and the, the, the whole, you know, mystique about it is incredibly interesting right i understand that it is and, and halloween or halloween Hornets, american horror story featured an entire season around it as well that was a little True. They did. Yeah. different take on it but let's get into the house here so uh, the story is what happened bef- just before the abandonment so what happened was they ran out of food and turned into crazed cannibals so 
we're taken back in time. We're in the 1500s. We approach some old wooden structure. We start outside, and right away, there are settlers feasting on their victims, which are other settlers, which makes this another level of creepy where you don't have one side versus the other. You have a no one is safe situation going on here. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things that makes it so high up on my list is that there is not a clear delineation of, of right and wrong in this. There's not a, 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 an enemy and a protagonist there. This is just like, this is survival at its worst. It's, yes. it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, uh, you're just thrown into this situation where it's like, do you want to live? Great. Eat somebody. Yeah. Right. Yep. Because uh, your other choice is be eaten. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So now we finally actually get to enter one of the old wooden structures. structures and we see these. Uh, for, for, this is my description. I'm going to call them pilgrim-like costumes because they are pilgrim-like costumes. But they're not the pilgrims you're thinking of or that I would be thinking of at Thanksgiving. I'm just using it to set a stage here. If you think of the, yeah, pil- they're, they're the early pilgr- American. Yes. If you think of those. Yeah, co- early American. Uh, uh, settler costume. Thank you. Settlers is probably the word I could not think of while I was doing my notes. That because this always yeah. happens. I get st- I go one down on one road and I cannot think of the word I'm trying to think of. Yeah, no, and I get that. Yeah, yeah. no, this is early American settlers. A lot of leather, a lot of uh, you know fringe, a lot of yeah, just just what you can scrape together yep. and sew from from your local area, right? Yep. So now as we're inside the structure, this is what's awesome. We we have we have the settlers eating people, but we also have as many jump characters jump or characters jumping out of us that are wanting to eat us or being escaped being eaten. Again, yeah. a different it's like the, the the victims are as frightening as the attackers in this. It's really kind of unique compared to some of the things we've talked about over the years. I agree. Now, yeah, just, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Another unique aspect of this, again, being inside a building, it's in a, a parade building, just to reiterate that, everyone knows how small that building is. They managed to take us inside of structures, outside of structures, because these structures in the 1500s would have been basically one house homes. These would have been tiny homes yeah. before tiny homes existed. And instead of making one big, large building, which would be kind of unrealistic for the times, they gave us separate buildings to wander in and out oh, of. Yeah. So now we move outside, we get attacked by at least one person, be it victim or attacker, and then we're moving into another new house. Yep. And, 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 most of these places, you, you've got victim and attacker that are interchangeable, and once in a while, you'll get into a room where you hit both, right? Yeah, and they're yep. fighting against yep. each other, and it's just uh, it's, it's super effective. Yep. One of the greatest triggers of all time as you're walking into one of the structures is the very hungry cannibal up in the rafters swinging at you going, meat. People still quote that to this day, and rightfully so, because it's awesome. That's super awesome. (laughs) I was one of the I think that was one of the first really acrobatic stunts that I saw in in a maze that really sunk into me. But you know, they've they've obviously been doing a lot more of that lately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but I think that was one of the first that that I really really stuck with you. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, that and the fly, the first flying nightingale we ever saw that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one. So Man, that was a, oh. <laughs> I'm old. 
<laughs> Moving into another building, now we see a victim being barbecued alive, and we're talking about the moment he hits the coals because we get the sizzling and the screaming and the the smoke effect, and they it would not be the a stretch smell. of the imagination if they yeah I think they put the smell in there. I didn't have it in my notes, they and I did. don't have the memory, but they, they they must have. I mean, why wouldn't you? It was roasting meat smell, and yep. I mean, it actually made me hungry. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> yep. Uh, so out of that building, now we get into a long uh, kind of corridor walk, and this is the animal pens, and you have people attacking you with animal parts, people attacking you in animal skins, and other victims in various degrees of preparedness. Now, the one thing I wasn't ready for the first time I saw it was the entire skinned man screaming for help as he jumps out of the boo hole, which the first time you see it, is so damn unexpected and disturbing, but I will it's say this: visceral. the visceral, yeah. it's, it's, it's super visceral. But the second time you see it, you realize it's just a bodysuit. But yeah. <laughs> but I it, know, but but it it's still it's a pretty damn good bodysuit. Oh yeah, and I oh. think they're splashing. They rub them with oil and they splash <laughs> them a bit because it's like glistening bodysuit, right? Oh, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad effect. I'm just saying it's it, no. it was effective the first time for sure. And just something uh-huh. you weren't ready for because you're, you're hit with animal theme type attacks. As weird as that sounds, that's yep. just the best way for me to describe it. And then a guy jumps out with no skin. I mean, mm-hmm. who's ready for that? Uh, at the at the end of this, at the end of this, you have one of the female settlers that is so damn hungry she is now chewing on her own entrails. She is pulling them out in front of you and chewing on them, and very likely laughing maniacally at you. Ah. Uh. Oh, so good. <laughs> and then we get to the finale. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We kind of get to the finale. We get to a large, the largest structure inside here. It's kind of like probably the town hall if they had one, or maybe the meeting room, the common building. And there's a second floor, and there's one of the settlers, the colonial leaders up there. He's welcoming you to the grand feast, and is ex- exclaiming that the Wendigo spirit has taken hold of them all. And as he says that, that's just a distraction for a finale giant stilt walker with a huge, insanely elaborate Wendigo skull cap mask on. And he comes straight at you. Fucking just phenomenal ending. Amazing. And this is this is I, I think um, this is one of the reason the Wendigo thing is one of the reasons that shelby really loves this maze as well i was gonna say i wonder um, how i wonder how our new co-host wendy likes that i i understand she likes <laughs> to go by wendy <laughs> wendigets yeah um i i love i i absolutely love this maze. this is an all-timer I've, if yeah <laughs> i've i've loved this maze since the first time i stepped foot into it um this was one of the few that we did twice that day uh it, I just I can't say enough about no. it. It is it is to me uh, not that it was not that it took this many years, but it was one of the things that really cemented in um, my love of the originals in HHN. Uh, it, like before that, I'd been going through like I, I was a, went to the last icon year. And then I went mostly through uh, the years where we were doing um, IP stuff. Mm-hmm. And this really cemented into me uh, the fact that 
I the the IP mazes were great, but the originals were to me what HHN that was what uh, let me rephrase um it 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 cemented to me that uh the originals were what hhn meant to me and that was what i really really appreciated about going to the event it doesn't take away from the ips but it really just the creative team for hhn is is just so much better when they have a free hand oh yeah i yeah that's for sure. This is if we were uh, ever to do like a Hall of Fame episode, which we may. I mean, we're we're you and I are going to explore a couple episodes we can do on our own that is mm-hmm. outside of our our original project, and we might even make up a HHN Hall of Fame according to us. This would be there's there's no doubt this would make it. No, oh, God, no. Um, I, I and this was also one of those those mazes when we went in. It was early. Uh, you know, it was still daylight the first time we yep. went through it. And I was like, eh, Roanoke. Okay, I know the story. And I actually know the story a lot. I've researched. Um, early American exploration is, is one of the, the history things that I really love. And I, I'm a history buff. I'm a history buff to, to start with. Right. But yeah, the early American history stuff is, is really interesting to me. So I, I before long before this, I'd gone through all the Roanoke stuff and all that stuff. And, and this was like... Eh, okay, they're gonna do a scary story about Roanoke, and I'd read and understood it, and and it was just like, no, this this is not what what I expected right. at all. <laughs> God, this is just insane. What these people are just eating each, and that was again, no villain, right? Right. No, no, there it, wasn't. It's everyone for themselves, yep. sort of thing. Uh, just just beautiful storytelling. In, in the horror aspect of it, beautiful, beautiful storytelling, beautiful execution. Just this is a great way to end our uh, our twenty four or yeah twenty four years yeah. of, of coverage of this event. This yeah. is a great way to end. I agree. I agree. And in fact, the the entire house lineup. You know, oh, yeah. even even getting through Dracula Untold, this has been a great year yeah. to end on, and a great place to oh, yeah. hand it off. Yep. So um, I actually got a couple more details, and there's a couple of things I want to say in addition to that. Let's just wrap this, make this a complete wrap-up. Uh, rides and attractions open, Transformers, Hollywood Rip Rocket, Revenge of the Mummy, Men in Black, Despicable Minion. Wow, Despicable Me, or uh, Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem was open. Uh, Simpsons Ride, mm-hmm. All the Usual Suspects. There was another website event slash hunt. It was called The Compound, and another elaborate uh, website with it. It was an entire de- uh, website dedicated to it. It was called hhncompound.com. And before the event started, you had to intercept this transmission. And it was kind of like a just general distress call with a military voice saying, Romeo, October, Charlie, Oscar, no, Romeo, Echo, Charlie, Oscar, November. So the word recon, basically. When they mm. la- launched the site, they asked you for the password and it was recon. And what had happened every night they had an event, they would post on their website, just the mission announcement. It says, uh, I'll give you the gist of it without going through the whole thing. The recon mission on this night will occur at a number of targets. If you're planning to go into the field, you've not already enlisted the recon mission, do so now. There's a link to the website. We're relying on you to fortify the compound for a collective. 
Our team will be in the field two hours after the sun goes down for whatever the date is at, and they give a specific time. In addition to sending you messages from these locations, pay, t- pay attention to our broadcast. And by broadcast, I meant the social media pages. And they gave you instructions to do, like, th- there were kind of puzzles. It was like, uh, for one, you had th- there was something that had to do with Nelson in the Simpsons areas. He took a picture of Nelson. They mentioned something about Richter burgers or something that led to it. You took a picture of Richter burgers or take a picture of a certain character. Kept going and going and going and going. Uh, for me, this was too much to concentrate on. After the second night, I was like, this, for, you know, I am a big Halloween Horror Nights fan. I love to participate. But this is a little too much work for me. Not saying it mm. was a bad idea. I'm saying it was not for me. But it sure. seemed to be a really good hit with everybody. There was a lot of prizes. There was like a Halloween box set or sets. There was screening to Dracula and Told her, and maybe that wasn't a prize. Uh, there was theater screening of Halloween, the original. And there's uh, quite a few meetups, from what I understand. Uh, so, again, that's uh, another elaborate way to reward the ho- ho- very hardcore Halloween Horror Nights fans, but just a little sure. too much a little more than I wanted to put into it and started to take the enjoyment away. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to enjoy the event my way. <laughs> That's awesome. So we do have one more order of business. Okay. Which is the Wayback machine. Mm. You're right. You're right. It has to be our last order of business for the last year that we're covering is, well, actually it's, it's twofold. Um, First of all, what is the Wayback Machine for HHN 24? We get to do a scare zone in a house, right? Sure. Why not? Let's bend the rules. Oof. It is a tough choice between Masquerade, Unstitched, and Bayou of Blood. If I could pick a point in time to land... I would say buy you a blood so I could see the human sacrifice. If I'm not in control of that, then I'm going to masquerade unstitched. Man, I'm really bending the rules in this last one. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> um, for me, for me, it's straight up buy you a blood okay. when they're doing the the show so that I could see that that I didn't see. That's that's straight up where I would go for my way back machine. For houses, as much as it should be Roanoke Cannibal Colony, and it really should be. For me, it's going to be Aliens versus Predator. I have to see that again. And I'm going to go straight up classic Roanoke. Nice. Yep. I just, I, I, I want to see that again. I, in fact, that is one of the mazes. That is the maze that's top of my list for them to bring back with no changes, no anything. Just bring that back, recreate it. Same place, same thing, same exact set pieces, everything. And I'd be happy. Yeah. Uh, with that, I mean, we have, we've hit our circle. This is full circle because we did the same kind of uh, walkthroughs of the other houses at 25, but we did them as they happened. This is where we started. Yep. This is, this is it. This is, we did it. We fucking did, we did it. it. Man. We finished. I know. This is crazy. We really finally finished this. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and I, I honestly have to say it's been a treat to do this the way that we've done it. It's yeah. been a real treat to learn about all of the things that I've missed and all of the things that happened before I started attending this event. And then it was a real treat to, to, to start listening to when you had attended to the event, the event and, and the rest of us hadn't, um, and, and just getting, getting personal insight into that, um, this event is 
it is a masterpiece in so many yeah. ways and it continues to be as they they keep doing it and i think that we're going to uh, we're just we're just seeing it hit its stride right uh this year is nebulous who knows with uh, for anybody (laughs) who's not understanding our timeline right now we're in the middle of the the covid lockdown it's uh it's currently march uh late march begin you know we're heading into the beginning of april nobody knows how this is going to play out in the future uh whether we're going to have hhn 30 this year or next year or whatever is going to happen yeah um Nobody said anything about canceling no, the no, event no, yet. No, and Don't we know we know nothing that we no one nothing. else knows. Exactly. Nobody knows anything. We're just saying like that this could be a weird year and, and who who cares? Um you know, we have, we have to keep ourselves safe. We have to keep the rest of society safe and that's the real thing for for especially people my age is to understand is keeping the rest of society safe. Yeah. Uh it, you know, if it doesn't happen this year and it happens next year, it's going to be still going to be a great event. And it's still going to continue to make this event uh, a marquee thing for Universal Orlando for many, many years to come, I oh, think. That yeah. yep. I would like to do, and I, and I just had this idea right now, is, and that's why it's going to be fun because it'll be off the cuff, is what is the Wayback Machine for the entire Oh, come event? on. One scare zone, uh, one maze. I don't know that I can answer Entire event, uh, and of what we covered, or all the way up to twenty nine. What we covered. Okay, okay, okay. That actually makes it harder. Shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, this is what we covered. Um, everything we covered up until twenty four. What is your way back? And and uh, I'm as stumbling over this as much as as you are at this point because remember it doesn't have to be your favorite it doesn't have to be the best it just has to be the one you want to experience oh with that then i have an answer i have an easy answer i have a ridiculously easy answer actually would you like to hear it sure both answers are fright nights I would go see the only house available, Dungeon of Terror, and I'd walk the entire streets, which were just one big sideshow slash scare zone. Ah, uh, it's cheating. Okay, God. then I'll find something else. <laughs> I mean, you can go with that. I'll leave that want. in, but I'll I'll, I'll make it a, a much I'll make yeah. a, a, a worse Sophie's right. Choice decision here too. Hey, yeah, a you can one, go with that say. if you want to. But I I think I think what we're looking for here is much more the Sophie's Choice of it, right? Yeah. Ooh. All right, I'm I'm ready for this if you are. I am as ready as I'm going to be. All right, let's start with scare zones. All right. I am well, I said I was going to pick a street. It's not a cheat though, I don't think when you hear it. I am going okay. to go back to one of the years where they had the parade and land on the street where the parade ran because I've never seen any of the Halloween Hard Nights parades. Okay. That, right. That's not a cheat. Okay. Cool. That's my choice. Which parade? Uh, it could be any of them because I've never seen any of them. The the one I know for sure that existed was five, the Crypt Keepers uh, Festival of the Dead. So I'll, I'll pick five. Okay. Parade in Halloween Hard Nights five. I'm going to go with Terra Guard Run um, just because the, the Terra Queen uh, 
ever since we did that episode, oh, yeah, it that's... has just uh, and it, 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 it's such a cool concept, and it's such a cool thing that that I really, really, really would love to see. And so that that's where I'm going. All right, all right. So mazes. All right, I am going to go back to a year I've not been, but I'm not going to go all the way back to. Well, I already said my Fright Night one, but I'm not even going to go to two. I'm going to go one year further in three, where they started having multiple mazes, and and it's kind of the the real birth of the event we're at now. And it's an area that I only ever got to see from a distance. I never got to walk close to it in Orlando. In Hollywood, it's a different story, but I never got to get this as close as I would have in Orlando. And from Halloween Horror Nights 3, or the third annual Halloween Horror Nights, which is its true name, I would go to the Psychopath Maze so that I could actually walk around the Bates Motel and the Psycho House, because I never got that opportunity while it was still standing in Orlando. Nice. That That's a good answer. Thank you. For me, it's Frightanic. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything I heard about Frightanic is just like right up my alley for, for horror and, and just kind of cool, creepy stuff. Um, I, I have one last little Easter egg. Okay. Um, uh, for shows, I would like to go back to the original Carnival of Carnage. I agree with that too. That. Yep. <laughs> yep. Either uh, that or the Wolfman Jack show. Oh, <laughs> no, no I, I'm still going with the original Carnival yeah, of Carnage. Yeah, me too. Because I think that was the, uh, um, yeah, just, just everything I've heard about it, everything we've talked about of it, I think that would be the most fun. Yep. So that brings us to the end. Yep. And to add my take on what Quint just said, I mean, well, we're in the middle of the whole COVID thing. So mainly all I want to say is I hope everyone's staying safe beyond that. I, I certainly want to more than thank if that's even possible, the support we've gotten over the years and just posting yesterday, just for the hell of it, that we're recording this episode, I was pretty stunned by the amount of interaction we had over the past 24 hours from that one post. I just didn't realize people were considering it. The the end of an era has been used more than once, which is not something I ever considered this. And for, to have people consider that th- this big of a change, you and I not leading the show, but not leaving the show was one thing, but I'm equally as excited to see how happy people are of who's taking over. It's, it's a very, it's not even, I can't even call it bittersweet. It's a very surreal feeling. I'm excited for the show. And I'm also happy to do what we set out to do six years ago. It's very weird. No, it's great. Um, I, I'm not sad at all. I'm more excited about everything than, than anything else. Um, it's, it's, it is uh, really cool to see what's happened with this show um, and, and how much of an impact it's made to people. I, I never expected that nope. when we first started this. Not at all. And, and you know, all of the, the social media interaction, all of the event interaction, all the interaction that we've had with listeners and people that that have enjoyed this show uh, has been so fun for me. And it's been the top thing of this entire show. Um, we started the show with with the idea that that the top thing would be just getting through, you know, 24, 25 episodes of of coverage and, and hopefully some people would find it interesting. And it's become um, a community that yeah. it, that I really 
appreciate and really like it's it's become the community that has built from this show has been much more important to me than any of the content or coverage or anything that we've ever done any of the interviews that we've ever done any of that stuff that is is secondary to the community that I think that we found and and helped to build at least a little bit so um yeah uh it's been a very humbling and fun experience yeah that's well said and I really can't add anything to that I agree 100% and the more than the best of luck to Shelby and Hunter as they take over. I, I know they're going to do a fantastic job. We'll be here for anything they need us to do. And Quint and I, when we, we also, with it being such a, like I said, a, a, it's not even a, we're leaving, they're taking over. We're just letting them run lead with it. And there's going to be yeah. moments where me and Quint come up with ideas that it's, we're going to slip those shows in and it's not stepping on anyone's toes. It's, 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 yeah, the- no, it's, it's, it's very much that we just want. I mean, now that we're done yeah. with our original idea, the new ideas and the new, you know, just some of the new stuff that Hunter's been talking right. about already. It's just, I'm so excited for, Me too. for where this is going. I'm so excited for where he's going to be taking this. He's got so many connections in in both the industry as well as the community that that are going to just enrich the show in in so many good ways and you know we we will obviously still be taking part and and doing whatever we can but yeah i'm i'm super excited and the most exciting part to me is no longer having to herd all the cats for the instant (laughs) reactions or having to write the notes for it i can just wing it from now on i can't wait for that part Suck it, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a callback to a different show. <laughs> right, that's true. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I dare say we are done. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a news as internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.